Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Are you all ready? Verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. Jesus said, woman, as I talked to my wife, woman, no, I'm just playing. I don't, I don't really. What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out some now and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, And did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. Verse 10, and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. Say good wine. wine. Verse 11, this beginning of signs Jesus did. In Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this time together. We just pray uh, that every heart and life would be encouraged by the word of the Lord. We thank you for the text. We thank you for the Holy Scripture, Lord. Thank you for the wind of the Spirit. Uh, we can capture the wind of the Spirit of the Word right now. We just thank you for Rhema. We thank you for the communication of the Logos. We thank you for transformation. We thank you for seeds that are sown into a heart that, that transform us from the inside out. How many believe that? And so we open up and we anticipate. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Well, I don't know about you, um, but I love this story. How many know this is the first miracle of Jesus? And uh, I guess you didn't know that. Everybody is uh, asleep. How many knew it was the first miracle of Jesus? Yeah, Pastor, I knew. All right, come on. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I love weddings for a lot of different reasons. Um, I love officiating weddings. It's always an honor for me to officiate a wedding especially when the couple's really in love. Because it's just like, it just makes me think of my wedding, and it just makes me think of my wife, and then, and then I start thinking about my daughter's getting married, then I hate weddings, like instantly, and I'm like, I'm never giving my daughter away. If there's any young men here thinking about marrying my daughters, forget about it. Of course, I'm kidding. No, I'm not, actually. But... I love weddings. I I love going to weddings. I love just watching God bless a union of two people joining their lives together. I feel like I'm doing a wedding right now, but I'm not. Um, I I don't know about you, but there's other fun things that happen at a wedding. Like my first dance with my wife was at a wedding. It was one of my best friends, and he got married, and and, uh, I asked 
Rochelle to dance. By the way, we are celebrating 21 years of marriage this Wednesday. Yes, thank you, thank you. Praise God. I know all of you are thinking, my gosh, you look so young. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can read your mind. Yeah, I know that's what you were thinking. Um, but my, my, actually, my wife and I, our first kiss was right after that wedding. Come on, somebody. Middle schoolers are out now on Sundays, guys, so we can talk about it. And let me just tell you this, young adults, young men, don't be trying to roll up in there with some nasty kiss. Just, just make it sweet, right? All right, we're not going to go there. But weddings are awesome, right? Now, I love weddings now, but the wedding that was going on right here, weddings in the first century in the Jewish culture lasted days. You know, have you ever been to a reception? You're like, all right, when are they going to get to the first dance? All right, all right, all right, we all ate. Like, what? And it's just going on a long time. For some reason, our reception just went by like that, probably because both of us wanted to get to the honeymoon. Oh, glory to God. But we were young, you know. And uh, <laughs> But these weddings lasted days. I mean, this was like something, this, this was something that uh, the honeymoon was a part of the whole wedding. Like you, you had the reception, then the bride and groom disappear, and they're consummating the marriage, then they come back to drink more wine. That's the culture, though, right? They're like, where's the bride and groom? In the tent. <laughs> you know? Oh! You, can you imagine, though, the first century rabbis? They're like, come on, guilt-free sex. I don't, for some reason, if they actually spoke English, that's probably what they would have said. Once again, we have middle school, 9 a.m. service, so the middle schoolers aren't here. Praise God. Amen. Don't look at me like you're religious. If y'all married, you know when you were young and you joined with your spouse that you were thankful for the holy covenant of marriage. The marriage bed is under fire. One of my favorite verses. Man, I'm in a mood right now. It's my anniversary, guys. Come on. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 7. Do not deprive one another. Come on, married couples. Men of God, where are you at? Do not deprive one another. I am yours and you are mine forever. Baby. All right. Sorry. My bad. Let's get back to the Bible. All right. One of my favorite things, guys, other than, listen, forget all that other stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about. How many love eating at weddings? Come on. How many love dancing at weddings? Come on, somebody. How many love filming people who can't dance at weddings? Don't act like you don't do it. And there's nothing wrong with it because some people have a, uh, I don't want to say dysfunction, a discrepancy. And, and we, we like to call it CRD. Now, don't get offended. I'm not racist, but it's Caucasian rhythmic disorder. If you're white, if you're white, I'm obviously not. Some weddings, though, you know, because some people don't dance at all until that wedding. And then they're just, and we're like, what is going on, right? I'm posting this right now. We call it Caucasian rhythmic disorder. And you know what I'm talking about, right? The snare beat is supposed to be the clap. Boom, clap, boom, clap. Come on, do it with me. If you have CRD, this is, you're, you're like, what's going on? 
And then some people are like, and they just can't. That's, it's a spirit. It's called Caucasian rhythmic disorder. And we might have an altar call by the end of this message if I can actually preach this message. I don't know what's happening up here. But, but I love doing that. I love weddings. I, one, one time, uh, my wife and I officiated a wedding together. It was her cousin. And then we were celebrating and having fun. And uh, my son, David, who I think is in the back, man, that kid can dance. He's got some moves. There's been a couple times, like, he had a whole swimming pool at the Flamingo Hotel in Las Vegas. Like, oh, and David's dancing. He's just literally just dancing by the pool, hanging out. And the whole pool, there's like 40 people gathering around him. Like, who is this kid? We were at, uh, apparently you guys don't like my son. Wow, thanks. <laughs> He's an amazing kid. One time, though, he was dancing. And, uh, and man, it was at my wife's cousin's wedding, and I think, I mean, I wish I had the video, I'd put it up right now, it was hilarious, and he was little too, little guy, and just going for it, but in this, in this text, can you imagine, everyone's having fun, everyone's feasting, everyone's filming each other, which they didn't do in the first century, but let's just say we're at a wedding, and we're having a good time, the DJ's up there, whoop, 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 and then all of a sudden, psh, no DJ, no music, we're done, Party left the room, right? In the text, when they ran out of wine, that's what it was like at a wedding that lasts for days. Because you bet you, these first century Jews, they were sipping saints. They didn't mess around. Some of the feasts in the Old Testament commanded you to drink beer and wine. And it's interesting, though, like, if we put ourselves in the context, I want to talk to you about what I see in the text and what was important about this first miracle of Jesus, that this miracle wasn't just to make people happy at a wedding. Uh, there, there's, there's so much more to this. So can we dive in together? Come on, somebody. We're all partying. We're all having fun. And then, boom, no more. That's what was going on. And then look at verse 3. Mary says, all she said when they ran out of wine is... They have no wine. That's all she said. I want you to think about that and just ponder on that as we continue. But Jesus responds with, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. In other words, what am I, the caterer? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. That's really not what he meant by that. But I think sometimes we read that and we think that his response to Mary is like, that's not my problem. But that's not what Jesus was saying. And we also think, he says, my hour has not yet come. We think that Jesus is saying, that's not my problem, and I don't have any time for that. But that's not what Jesus was saying. In fact, if you really study it and look in the original language, it could be translated more like, this isn't really our business. What does this have to do with me? But... I've got plenty of time before I'm supposed to be doing this stuff, Mom. This miracle stuff. My hour has not yet come. See, we always think God's in a hurry, but God's not in a hurry. God's not in a hurry. We think sometimes when we pray prayers that God's like, that's not my problem. I told you, you reap what you sow. <laughs> right? Sometimes we think God is out to get us and we read the words of Jesus under a light 
based upon how we view God. But Jesus is not saying, this isn't my problem, and I ain't got no time for that. Jesus is saying, this might not be our business right now, but I have plenty of time before I start doing this stuff. let, Let me put it this way. It'd be like my wife and I, we went to a wonderful steakhouse the other night, and we were having a good time. And uh, how many know sometimes you can hear the conversation of the table next to you, even though they put up these COVID walls, you can just hear right through them. It's amazing. And, um, and we're listening to the conversation next to us. But how many know, and a couple times I'm like, this conversation's distracting me, baby. Like, I know this is our anniversary, but they were like fighting. These people are fighting. It's like two older couples. And when we're walking out, one guy's like, I'm trying to have dinner. And, he, and they're like fighting. I'm like, dang, I'm about to pull my phone out. World star, you know. <laughs> Old people fight. No, I'm just, no. I'm from Las Vegas, guys. Can you give me some grace? This is how we roll over there. I'm, we're still, we ain't as holy as the saints in Rochester. Okay? So imagine, this is, the, this is the picture I'd like to give you. My wife and I are having a wonderful dinner, and we see another couple, and they're like on an anniversary dinner or honeymoon dinner, and they're having an amazing time. And we're like, oh, look how cute. I love love, right? Let's just love love. And they're having a good time. Then my wife notices the guy's like, they're trying to pay for the meal. He doesn't have his wallet. She looks at me. She's like, honey, like they're having so much fun. He didn't have his wallet. Can you imagine being in that situation? Go, just go take care of the bill. Bless him. And I look at her. I'm like, girl, that ain't none of my business. But I got this. That's what Jesus was saying. Jesus is saying, you know, what's that got to do with me? But you know what? I got plenty of time. I know I'm not supposed to perform a miracle yet, but I got this. Watch. That's what the Lord was saying. He wasn't dismissing it like it wasn't his problem. Now, this is important because as we keep reading, it's interesting. If that wasn't the case, then why would the next words, hear me, that come out of Mary's mouth be, whatever he says to you, do it. There's no other dialogue there. If he's saying, that ain't my problem, if that's what he's saying, right, I heard myself preaching. Oh, that's amazing. Is that like a time warp, space-time continuum thing or something? If Jesus was saying, that's not my problem, like I don't have time for that, then why would Mary say in the next phrase, in the next verse, whatever he says, do it? Because that's not what the Lord wasn't saying that. The Lord was saying, what's this got to do with me? But you know what? I can make time for that, even though it's not my hour yet. God's not in a hurry. But there's something in the the text you could even see that Mary, the mother of Jesus, saying, son. And all she said was, they don't have wine. That's all she said. She didn't plead with him. Come on. We should learn from that. She just said, they don't have any wine. That's all she had to say. Now let's keep reading the text as we continue here. So he said in verse, uh, in verse 6, Now there set six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification of the Jews. And we know the rest of the story. He says they filled the water pots, uh, they drew it out, and then in verse 10, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you have kept the good wine until now. Do you know that in biblical times and in biblical culture good wine was a symbol of the blessing of God I want you to turn over we're going to read 
Joel 3.18. We're going to read three scriptures in the Old Testament because this miracle was a big deal. Him turning water into wine was a big deal. And look at this scripture in Joel 3.18. And in that day, the mountains will drip with what? Sweet wine. Come on, somebody. And the hills will flow with milk. No more Pittsford Dairy. I just get my milk from the top of the mountain. Shout out to Pittsford Dairy real quick. It's that direction, so that's why I pointed that way. And all the brooks of Judah will flow with water, and a spring will go out from the house of the Lord to water the valley of Shittim. Now, that's actually how you pronounce that last word. And if that's not prophetic for 2020, I don't know what is. It's the Bible. Don't get mad at me. God wrote it. Don't look at me with religious. God wrote it. It's the valley of, you know what? <laughs> That's prophetic. But the Bible says there's some sweet wine coming. Just catch that. Usually the good wine's up front. And then when everybody's intoxicated, they bring out the the junky wine, because they won't know. But in this story, the first miracle of Jesus, it was the best for last. This was a big deal. The master of the feast said, that's some good wine. Isaiah 25, 6 in the New Living Translation. In Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast. For all the people of the world. This is a picture of the inclusion of all humanity at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Everyone's invited. Come on, say that with me. Everyone's invited. The Bible says all the people of the world. Come on, the people we don't like. The people that don't agree with us. Come on, the people that are on the other side of the political aisle. Hello. He says all the people of the world. That's the kingdom of God. God, give us your heart for people. God, give me your heart for this city. I even wore I Love Rochester socks today. Come on, somebody. Catch that on the camera. It's prophetic. So is Joel 3.18 at the end. The valley of <clears throat> you know what. Look, look, look at the rest of the verse. I will, uh, all the people of the world, it will be a delicious banquet. Delicious. I italicized that word, probably because I was hungry this morning. But. And it says, with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. Come on, somebody. My wife and I went to a steakhouse the other night. When you thought of, when I said choice meat, did you think a steak or are you a vegan? Did you think like a just piece of tofu? Just so you know, if you're vegan, that's cool, bro. You're missing out, though. Every once in a while, you got to have a steak, right? Come on, somebody. If a soybean and a cow got in a fight, guess who would win? Sarah. Choice meat. Sarah's like, oh, soybeans. The other night, my wife and I went out, and her filet mignon was so rongo, shanda, babogoda. I can't even express it in English. 
It was delicious. And she was like, this is so good. Have another bite, honey. And I'm eating the other steak, the ribeye, because I like the ribeye. It was good. I don't know, though. The ribeye had a little more flavor, but the, I don't know. The filet might have been a little better. I always regret not getting the filet, but then I get the filet, and it's not as good as the ribeye, and I'm never happy with myself. But thank God that God says there's some sweet wine coming, and there's, some, there's a feast coming. This is prophetic of the kingdom, of the coming kingdom, the kingdom that is here and continuing to advance in the earth until the consummation of the kingdom reign. Come on. I love this, though. Well-aged wine and choice meat. And I guarantee you, Sarah, the Bible's not talking about tofu. Just letting you know. I'm playing. It's good. Eat healthy. That's great. Praise God. Have fun while I eat the fatted calf. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Last scripture. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Does anyone need some grain in their barns? Come on, somebody. And your vats will overflow, will brim over with new wine. A vat is not a fat bottle. A vat is not a pitcher. A vat is not a barrel. A vat is a tank of wine. God says your vat will f- overflow with wine. Thank you, Lord. Do we ever look back in our life, though, and think, oh, those were the good old days. Oh, I've done it time and time again. I still do it. And sometimes I'm reflecting on the goodness and faithfulness of God, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if we think the good old days mean that our best days are behind us, then we're missing the point of this story. Because Jesus turned water into wine. Jesus said, I've got some wine that I'm going to serve you. And he even used religious purification tools. There were six water pots. Six is the number of man. They were designed for a religious ceremony. And Jesus says, there's no ceremony. There's no formula involved in this thing. All you got to do is just pour the water into the jugs and I'll do the rest. Jesus, have you ever said to yourself though, like those were the good old days. That was some good wine. I'm telling you right now, Jesus is going to serve us up the best wine for last. Can you say amen? amen? He's looking at the situation. He says, get the religious purification pots. Watch this, y'all. And I believe God is saying that to us today, not just in our situation, in our life, but in the earth. Like God is not looking at the problems on the planet and thinking that's not my problem. No, he's saying just watch what I'm about to do and I'll use man, I'll use you, and that God is going to serve up the best wine for last. How many truly believe that the greatest move of the Spirit is about ready to shake the planet? I don't know about you, but I believe it's already happening. And sometimes we can have setbacks. Maybe we thought things aren't going to get better or that our best days are behind us but I'm going to tell you something your best days are ahead of you the latter will truly be greater than the former come on 
We don't, we don't discount the great things in our past, but we've got to get something from this text. We've got to think differently because Jesus has some better wine for us. Yeah, there were some good old days, but there's some great days coming. Come on. Truly, the best is yet to come. I'm telling you, the Lord is not looking at issues and saying, that's not my problem. He's saying, I got this. He's looking at the division, the confusion, the pain, and he's saying, you watch what I can do because Jesus did this miracle at a wedding feast because he's got union in mind. Come on. He's got unity in mind. He's got family in mind. He's got love in mind because love is what will change the world. I'm just now getting warmed up. I'm telling you, the Lord is saying it's all going to be okay. I got something for you. Encounter Church New York. I got something for you, Rochester. How many can feel it stirring in their spirit and in their bones that God is about to do something? And I believe that if we, if we just turn a, some past movement into a monument, we're going to miss out on the movement that's ahead of us. Yeah, there were some good things that happened in Vegas. Guess what? What happened in Vegas didn't stay in Vegas. It's shaken the nations. And I love what God did in Las Vegas. I cannot tell you there's story after story, families and community that I love, raising the dead and healings and all sorts of amazing things. But guess what? God says, I got some better wine for you, Zach. Rochelle, he says, I got some better wine for you. You lay it all down. I'm going to take you across the country because I'm going to do something great in the city of Rochester where somebody would least expect it. But guess what? Expect it because something happened here in the 1830s. It's called the Second Great Awakening. And God took a young man with no education. His name was Zach Wexler. And he told him to plant a church in Henderson. Guess who lived in Henderson before they took a pastorate in Rochester? Charles Finney. And God said, guess what? I share a birthday with him too. Hmm, come on, somebody. When we get to heaven, I'll be like, yo, my man, Finney. Second great awakening. Third great awakening. Do you believe it? And it's not about me. Come on, it's about him. It's about, it's not by might or power, but by the spirit of the Lord. If we jump into this thing and we say, yes, God, I believe the best is yet to come. Greater things are ahead. The party's not over. Come on, the DJ has not left the building. There's still music playing. And I don't care if it looks like we're out of wine. Just invite Jesus to the party and it's going to be good. <laughs> That's all they had to do was invite the Savior. Come on, can you imagine? Oh, invite the rabbi and his disciples. Just in case we run out of wine. They spoke Aramaic. They didn't talk like that. But it just sounds funny. Listen, there's no formula. There's no fasting. Just invite the presence of Jesus. Lord, we need your presence. Think about this lastly in closing. If you want to come up, sis. The first miracle of Jesus at a wedding it tells me a few things it's not just about the meeting it's about the marriage behind the meeting healthy ministry always flows out of healthy marriage and healthy family church is not a corporation it's a family we're not called to be ceos but fathers and mothers we're family the kingdom of god is family the church is the people of god it also tells me i remember the words of jesus i, I didn't know this i've never heard of this until recently as I was praying and studying for this, I heard the words of the Lord, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Why is it that the first miracle of Jesus was a celebration? Because the last miracle of Jesus is going to look just like this. 
at the consummation of the kingdom, the marriage supper of the Lamb. There'll be feasting. There'll be love. There'll be celebration of life and redemption. And we'll probably feast with the Lord, and then we'll all fall on our faces and cry, holy, 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 for like 20,000 years or something. However time works in eternity in heaven, however it works. I'm telling you, there is going to be a glorious kingdom celebration. But we need to understand that in our situation now, in our circumstance, in our lives, in our families, in our marriage, we need to invite the presence of Jesus so that he can turn water into wine. Can you say amen? amen? I want you to lift your hands with me. I want to pray so I can dismiss you. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. We anticipate the inevitable supernatural intervention of God. We anticipate, we anticipate that the best is yet to come. We believe it, Lord. That our best days are not behind us, but they are ahead of us. I declare that to the saints, the elder saints. Come on, I declare it to you saints that in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and even 90s. I declare your best days are ahead. The latter will be greater than the former. You're going to see the revival that you prayed your whole life for. And there's some sweet wine. And the wine of his love will flow through your life, saints, to the younger generation. And Lord, we look back and we feast on your faithfulness, but we will not turn a past movement into a monument, Lord. We will celebrate that you're building. We're going from glory to glory to glory. And we anticipate what you have for us. So break off disappointment. Break off hopelessness off of our minds that we can look ahead at the brightness, the brightness of what's ahead. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. Lord, thank you for what you have for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.